Brick and Mortar Reporter, Episode 66. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Hi there, locals. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. My name is Christy, and I'm your host today. And today, I wanted to start out by apologizing to you because I know in my original uploads for the last two days worth of podcast, I've had an issue where the file got cut off, and so it just stopped mid-sentence, mid-show, and did not give you the whole thing. So I have corrected both of those. So if you listened to a podcast that just cut off again, I am so sorry about that I don't don't didn't have any idea until listeners started telling me that uh, that podcast ended before it was really over and uh, when I saw that the files uploaded successfully I did not know that it was only part of the files so appreciate those of you that take the time to give me that feedback so I can help fix the issues so I'm glad to do that for you but I uh, wanted today to give you some updates on what's going on with me in the past couple of days I've been I feel like very very busy and um, yesterday I was out at the uh, superboat races all day long uh, nothing like a broke girl going out and seeing million dollar uh, boats spin around the Key West Harbor and see who can be first and uh, I wasn't out there just watching though I was out there actually um, vending and uh, had my food cart set up and was uh, selling things out of that and um, it's it's I'll tell you I am my mind is spinning a thousand miles a minute and I've got several lessons and takeaways and um, you know several dilemmas at this point and so I will will share those with you uh, at this point I can tell you that I have never worked harder in my life for less money and I think there's a one of those Facebook you know those Facebook memes that people put up that you know sometimes actually really get to the real heart of what's going on I think there's one that says I've never worked this hard to be this broke and so that's exactly um, what I'm going through right now and how I'm feeling. So um, a couple of things that I learned yesterday and uh, you know even even in just I'm constantly trying to look at my products and, and trying to look at what other people are doing and see what makes them successful and uh, vending overall um, gosh I probably made a hundred dollars all day long now that's a hundred dollars in revenue not hundred dollars in profit and they're two to two very different things and um, some of the feedback I got from my other vendors is that my pricing is too low and I guess in some ways um, I am skewed by my uh, years spent in an Alabama and a South Carolina economy versus being in a tourist destination with high dollar uh, everything where everything costs so much more it seems and so I'm really I really don't want to I don't want to gouge tourists so there's nothing that makes me madder than going to a movie theater and having to pay 12 or 13 or I haven't been to a movie theater in years at this point and I could not tell you what the real prices are in today's economy but you know back when I used to go it would be nothing to pay 10 11 12 dollars for a container of popcorn and a drink 
and it makes me mad because I know the cost of those items are very small, but because you're in a place where they don't allow outside food, it's kind of the same thing that happens in ballparks and other venues that have um, no food coming in from the outside, but then they sell you the food, and they can't just sell it to you at normal prices. They have to sell it to you at the inflated prices. Now, I understand that part of it is because the cost of doing business there is higher, and they're renting space all the time, and they're only able to use it a small amount of time whenever there's actually home games or home whatever's going on in the uh, venue. But a lot of it is uh, just what I consider just taking advantage of people and so um, some of that I, I have to move past um, and part of it is figuring out what my real cost is for certain things and then figuring out what my pricing should be based off a of real cost although I hate doing that because I don't know it's just it's a I hate the cost plus business model. I want to pay, I want people to pay and get value out of what I'm doing, and I want them to pay what they feel it's worth, what, what I feel it's worth, um, not necessarily the cost plus aspect. So, anyway, um, so yesterday's vending, I learned a couple of things. Um, let me see what I had. I had um, drinks, bottled drinks, uh, Coke, Diet Coke, Sprite, bottled water. Um, some chips, some candy bars, uh, Reese's, Snickers, Payday, things that sell should, you know, most places pretty well. And then I had, I'm trying to think what else I had. I think that might have been it. And then I just had my normal stuff. Um, two things that I learned. Number one, uh, my pricing was too low on some of the stuff. But the interesting thing is that you would think with if pricing is really low, it would sell out, right? No. It's, uh, I guess I had stuff that I only sold like three bags of chips. Well, you know, here I have all the space taken up with chips that are fragile and, and bulky and all this. And so I sold $3 worth of those. And that's not $3 profit. That's $3 revenue. So, um, you know, in order to, if you look at an item and you sell a bag of chips for a dollar, in order to really deal with the low-end items, you have to do a high volume of them. I cannot afford to take up valuable space on my cart with items that are low-dollar items. And so um, other people down on the pier were also selling some, had some drinks and stuff like that just as a way to bump up their revenue. And um, my pricing was lower than theirs, and I didn't sell out of anything. So I sold a lot of water. Everyone on the pier was selling. I didn't know this because I don't know what people's prices are. Um, I get there and set up before a lot of people do, and then I stay in my booth because I or my cart because I'm not. I don't have anybody to man it when I'm gone, and I certainly don't want to miss any opportunities. And so I stay there, and I don't know what other people are doing. And so I um, found out that other people are selling their bottle for bottle water for two dollars, and I'm selling mine for a dollar. And while I sold a lot, um, why should my bottled water be worth less than everyone else's. And so, granted, if uh, my pricing had been the same way, I would have doubled the amount of money I made on the water. And at the same time, would I have sold as many? I don't know. Um, but the whole thing is, if that's the if $2 is the going rate, then they're going to buy it from somewhere, and I'll certainly get a portion of those um, customers coming to my my cart to get the water and so um, I didn't sell one of the things is I didn't sell a single 
candy bar. And those, those are, you know, decent, you know, uh, and, and a decent investment. So what I've got to change for tomorrow, the problem with the candy bars is that I have to keep them in a cooler with um, some ice packs and that sort of thing so that they don't melt. But whenever I do that, I can't have them out and on display. So for tomorrow, when I go down there, one of the changes I'm going to make is I'm going to go ahead and just use uh, the wrappers on uh, what I have and put them on my sign so people can see uh, the visual Reese Cup wrapper, the visual Snickers wrapper, and the visual Payday wrapper uh, because they're not taking the time to stop and re read the signs. And that's one of the other things that I wanted to, to, to mention is that I'm looking, constantly observing what's going on. And the interesting thing is that if your sign is just text, people don't have time to stop and take it in. They would, it would, it's better to have more pictures and less text than it is to have more text and less picture, fewer pictures, I should say. So um, I've got to uh, do some things like that in order to try to sell the candy bar. I have two more days remaining, and I'm confident that if I can make a couple of changes, I can start to see some of the uh, money come back in from that. Now, is it going to be enough to pay the mortgage before the mortgage is due? Absolutely not. There's no way. I don't, I don't have enough product. I don't have enough inventory um, for that to even happen. So anyway, I am working on trying to do what I need to do to, at this point, sell out of what I have currently purchased for uh, the vending and the snacks and the things during the day. Now, at this point, uh, I feel like I'm all over the place. I'm just being honest here. And uh, I feel like I don't have a good identity with what I'm doing down at Mallory Square. And I am, I've got to figure it out. I've got to figure this out. I've got to figure this out quickly. Uh, this is the point at which most people would be so desperate and so filled with despair and so frustrated and really in such a panic about. Uh, where is the money kind of come from to pay the bills that are coming due? And so, um, of course, I feel I feel all that that panic and I feel all of that anxiety and I feel all of that stress. Uh, the thing is, I have to let it motivate me to take action. Um, let me give you a couple of examples and a couple of things that. Uh, that I'm looking at and I'm learning whenever I compare what, you know, it's like, it's one of those things that I feel like, well, I'll be honest, I feel dumb. <laughs> I feel stupid. Uh, I feel like, why is this such a difficult thing to figure out? I feel like there are people, let me give you an example. The There is a guy down at Mallory Square and he is from Ghana, West Africa, and he has this, well, let's just say he, he lives he lives in the open air, if you know what I mean, and he has a vehicle and it's got a little cart thing attached to it. I'm sure many a time he is found sleeping there and living, you know, just among the people. And so every night he he goes to the or he go during the day he goes and collects coconuts from coconut trees that uh, the ones that are young enough to have coconut water in them. And so he just brings a cart full of coconuts, and he has a machete. Now, he doesn't have any signs. 
He doesn't have anything advertising what he's doing or where he's do what 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 this is what this product is. It's just you see the coconuts there and you see the machete, and he chops around on them in a certain way and knocks the top off of them and opens them up and makes uh, you know has the drink. They're not refrigerated, they're not cold, they're just room temperature. And I saw him yesterday pull up. And within five minutes, he had a crowd of people standing around waiting for him to open them a coconut. And he would open them a coconut, and they would drink the coconut milk and talk about how, or it was actually coconut water, it's not coconut milk. And they would stand around, and they would be taking pictures of themselves drinking out of this coconut. I guess there's something very islandy about that, and people want to remember, you know, there was the time I drank out of a coconut. And so um, it's very, it's a very uh, close to nature experience, right? Because they came off the tree, they weren't processed, they weren't polished, they weren't waxed, they, nothing happened to them, and they just ended up getting them in their rawest, purest form. And so he would let the people drink the coconuts, and, and I saw him, he never touched any money. And, and he doesn't charge for what he's doing, but he does, he's like, uh, it's just, you know, donation or tip or whatever. And so they just put the money in the little container he has there on his bike. He never touched the money. He has no idea how much he's making, but he sells out of these coconuts every single day and every single night. He does this all night long, too. So, um, and then once people are done drinking the coconuts, or drinking the coconut water, he will go back, or he'll get them to come back. Some of even go in the crowd and find him and pull them back out and say, uh, you know, let me cut that open for you. So he'll use his machete and he'll cut it open in such a way that this, you know, one piece of it kind of becomes almost like a little spoon that you can then dig out the coconut flesh. Now, in a young coconut where there's just milk and uh, coconut water in it, the coconut flesh is not formed very hard yet, so it's kind of a more, almost like a pudding type consistency to it. But people will stand there with their coconuts ripped open and, and eat that. So, I mean, this is low-tech stuff. This does not require a lot of um, anything. Uh, it's a very low-cost business model, right? I mean, you thought mine was low-cost? His is really low-cost. Um, but, you know, at the same time, when I sit there and I look and I see that he's making more money than I am doing that, and look at what I've invested, and surely, I mean, can that guy be smarter than me? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying he's, I'm not saying he's not smart, because he's clearly very intelligent and able to, able to, he's been able to figure out a way to live in Key West and enjoy the beauty that is Key West. Meanwhile, I know for a fact that most of the money he makes gets sent home to Ghana to family members. So it's just a different, you know, it's a, it's comparing apples to oranges for him with what he's doing and, and what I'm doing. But at the same time, there are things that I can learn from that. He, it, what he does is very visual it's part of a show. It's not really, he doesn't do it to be a show, but people see what he's doing. And I had several people comment as they were watching him walk by, they would say, man, if I tried to do that, I'd cut my hand off. Well, I was thinking the same thing, you know, because when you wield a machete like that, you really, and he would, you know, in one motion, kind of twist the, the coconut and then come back down in another place with the machete. I mean, clearly he's done this plenty of times to have been, uh, very skilled at, at doing that. And so, uh, but I just think, I just think, what in the world is it going to take for me to get this figured out?
Now, the other lesson that I have learned, and I am always open to feedback. I, I am. I don't mind getting the feedback. I'll take the feedback. But here's the other part is I've got to, as someone who owns a business, I've got to go with my gut. Now, um, a, a week or so ago, I told you I had gotten some feedback from some people that it's time to bring back my kebabs. And it's hot food time. The time changed. And so I did. Now, my kebabs are delicious. They, they melt in your mouth. They're a beautiful thing. And the, the thing is, I sold less than 10. And I've taken them three days down there now. So fig go figure that out. Is that enough? At this point, it's still maybe it's still too a little hot during the season. Maybe it's still too a little it's still a little too early in the season um, for that to work. Uh, at some point in time, will I bring them back? Probably, but um, you know the uh, guy was convinced. He said, "Oh man, if you I bet if you made up 50 pieces right now, then you would uh, you'd sell out. You'd just sell out. I'm sure you would." And I didn't. I made up 50 pieces and I sold less than 10 of them in three days and some of those were to uh, at least half of those were to other vendors around there um, so but there is I mean part of that is my fault because my signage did not reflect that I had kebabs and so people were confused you know uh, about what I was doing and I'm giving mixed messages and I'm not making it clear at the same time you're gonna encounter this all all around and it's it, people have told me this in my interviews before uh, when you're trying to make it and you're trying to figure out you're new in business and you even when you ask your customers or customers or competitors or friends or whoever give you advice um, many people will say oh you should do this and you should do that and you should do the other thing and maybe you should maybe you shouldn't who really knows but here's what people have told me over and over again is that people that are saying you should do it many times are also not the people that are going to buy what you're doing and I've, I've had people tell me before stories where they um, because people said oh you should you should add this or you should add that or you should add the other thing they've gone out and invested thousands of dollars in product or product lines or inventory because somebody told them they thought oh man I know you'd sell out of it and you know blah 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 it and they've done that but here's the thing those people were never willing to pay for it and so that's the difference and you know I guess it's one of those things that there has to be a balance and there has to be a you have to trust your internal barometer a little bit. I don't even know that barometer is the right word, but that gut instinct, that is something that you have to learn to trust. And when, you, when you're when you like me and you don't have a lot of confidence in what you're doing because you haven't figured out how to be successful at your product and at your business yet, it's very, very um, confusing. And so whenever people say you should do this or you should do that, you think, oh, maybe they see something I don't see. or Maybe they know something I don't know. And you do it and most of the time. So at this point, I'm not ready to add the, the kebabs on my cart full time. Now, the other thing that I will tell you that has compounded that and, and probably changed my sales a little bit is the fact that the hot dog man 
who normally comes for the winter season is uh, back. And he was down there. It, what, I, what I have found, it's very interesting. <laughs> oh, and I, this is not to throw anyone under the bus because this, in some ways it just makes sense. But here's the thing. The hot dog people own a shop that stays in a location year-round. So they're open for business all day long. And he's got, you know, three or four employees that he rotates through the shifts of the day and, you know, covers all of his shifts. So he's open every day of the week and, you know, a certain amount of time. And he, uh, whenever the, the season or whenever the winter or the, you know, the money-making season starts, he puts a hot dog, dog cart down at Mallory Square. And what that does is it makes, it changes all the other food. He does hot dogs and pretzels off his cart. And, you know, it, it's what I found myself saying, and I found myself giving my, giving some, I don't want to say excuses, but, um, you know, it's like, oh, well, this, uh, it's a weird time of day. It's, you know, it's a weird time of day that Mallory Square is, and so a lot of times people aren't wanting to eat food. Uh, they're not wanting to eat real food because um, they're fixing to go eat dinner. And what I saw yesterday was that it didn't really matter what time of day. If people know your product and uh, are familiar with your product and love your product, it's, you know, people people love hot dogs. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it, it is definitely associated with those type of uh, venues and people are out at the superboat races and why not get a hot dog? I mean, probably the last time I've eaten a hot dog or if I would eat a hot dog today, it would probably be at a baseball game or something like that, just because that kind of is an association and a, a good association that, you know, I guess the old baseball hot dogs, apple pie and Chevrolet would be, uh, you know, part of, of what draws people to the hot dogs you know it's just it's kind of nostalgic and it just brings back uh, those good memories of events and things that you've been to so hot dogs sold all day long and what happens is these the, the people that do this and come for the season is they come down and they make the money while the money's good and of course in the meantime it kind of throws everyone else's business off and then whenever Whenever it's not worth their time to be down there anymore, they, they're not down there anymore. And they go on and do their other thing and do their other money-making ventures all year round. So, it's, it's frustrating. Um, so, the fact that the hot dog guy is right next to me <laughs> now, I didn't realize, apparently he's he's been doing it so long, he's grandfathered into a space down there, and so when he shows up, he gets that space, because that's his choice, and whenever he's not there, other people can have that space, but six months out of the year, or whatever time of the year he decides he wants that space, he's setting up in that space, so that's kind of how things go, <sighs> it's like learning learning the laws of the land down there. So anyway, I am, uh, bumfuddled, <laughs> I guess is the word, uh, frustrated, scared, anxious, nervous, stressed, extremely stressed, and trying to figure this out because, um, there are obligations that I have that need to be met. And so, um, if I can't make the minimum amount that I need to make and figure out how to do that every single day. Sorry about the stampede. I think um, 
think maybe an iguana just appeared on my back dock or something, and my dogs decided to all go running toward it. So anyway, um, one of the things I wanted to um, tell you that I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be changing, is um, I'm, I decided to, that this today is Thursday, and I decided that tonight I am not going to Mallory Square. I'm going to... Um, I need to I need to do a couple of things. I need to focus on making signage, better signage for tomorrow, and at the same time, I am going to try to get my ice cream recipes uh, worked out today that I make with liquid nitrogen, and I'm going to also make some signage, and I'm going to test those out tomorrow during the races. And the whole thing is, I can do that even though I haven't juried that product in, because kind of during the day is a free-for-all down at Mallory, but it only only kicks in at sunset whenever you... Um, whenever the rules kick in at sunset um, and so until that time so it'd be a great time to test market that liquid nitrogen uh, ice cream that I'm gonna make and so I'm gonna test out my try to get my recipe solidified today because essentially I'll have the bases that'll be pre-made and just in a cooler waiting on people to order it when they order it they, the base gets mixed with whatever a couple of the flavors are gonna have uh, mix-ins like um, Key lime pie is gonna uh, the key lime ice cream is gonna have some graham cracker crumb crumbs mixed in, and then the um, coconut's gonna have some coconut flakes mixed in, and um, I can make a vanilla base, and then from that also get vanilla and chocolate out of it. I could also you know, add some fruit mix-ins and, and things like that. So gonna be working on those to try to get those taken care of. So getting those, so I need to have a really good day tomorrow but I need to get my signage worked out. And so I need to uh, make that so that people understand what I'm selling tomorrow when I'm down there because I need to, number one, unload um, the candy bars because, I, like, like I told you, I took them all day yesterday and because they were not out and they were not visual and they were not visible, I should say. People couldn't see what they were and they didn't. Uh, no, you know, no one just happened to come up and say, oh, by the way, do you have a Snickers? I mean, that would kind of be a random question. But if they saw it, they might want to buy it. So anyway, those are that's that's what I've got to work on for today to get ready for tomorrow. And um, so I'm going to try that. And, you know, here's the thing. I'm always tweaking. And at some point, I will hit on something that moves the meter. And, you know, in some ways... This is good because it allows me to experiment and to continue to try things, and I need to. Uh, of course, I need to get the, the money coming in. <laughs> That's one thing I need to do. But trying all these things um, is helpful because it can actually help me eliminate what does not work and get uh, a real focus on what does work and so I need to focus on the two the the things that I'm going to focus on right now are to uh, get number one the vending taken care of so that I can unload everything I have uh, already purchased to get my money back from fri uh, Friday and Sunday's boat races and then I need to figure out what it's going to take for me to get some of that traffic on Mallory Square at the evening to come to my booth um, I probably am going to have to raise some prices. Uh, 
I am I put more and more and more and more money into this and uh, it seems like I'm taking home less and less which is extremely frustrating you can all just cry with me um, we'll be we'll be good we can have a support a support group session um, but the thing is there's there's got to be something that I can do to fix this and it's not that people don't like my product people love my product when they try it when they test it when they see it but in some ways I'm gonna be honest with you I'm tempted to just take a table and sit beside a table right out there in the middle of Mallory Square and try to make it a show I don't know I, I, I just saw the coconut guy do that yesterday and I thought you know he doesn't have any encumbrances around what he's doing he doesn't have a booth that's hiding some of what its product is and what he's doing and so I just um, I don't know what it's going to take but I've got to I've got to figure it out and I've got to figure it out quickly so that's what I'm working on and um, you know like I say I'm going to take tonight I you know, wasn't actually I was if I looked at all my hard cost these past weeks that I've been or days that I've been going down there for the past week or so um, I'm not turning a profit and so if I miss tonight it's gonna mean I miss I keep more money in my pocket because I haven't been making a profit but if I can do something during the day that will help change that whether it's making signage getting it all taken uh, to the point where I can um, put up what I'm doing and take it down if I change something about what I'm doing then I just need to get more visuals up because people are not reading the text it's too complicated and I need them to know immediately what I'm doing and so I'm going to focus on that so uh, keep your good thoughts and prayers and good wishes with me and I will continue doing what I'm doing and hopefully we will turn the corner very very soon and I will definitely keep you posted on what's going on. I I hope that in short order I can come back to you with a uh, great report of success and trying to figure out what uh, is going to be the, the catalyst for that. So I want to share my successes with you because I have certainly shared enough failures with you. Uh, but I need uh, to get this turned around quickly because I am running out of time. So that's never a good feeling. And I will also say that many times that feeling of panic is what causes um, you to make some bad decisions. And you can see it in your personal life and you see it, you know, sometimes the more panicked you get, the more in a hurry you get, the, the more careless you are, which then causes more issues that cause you to be more rushed and more in a panic and you know it just it's a vicious cycle so thank you for listening to my story thank you for hanging in there on this journey with me and uh, thank you for hanging in through any technical difficulties that we've had in the past couple of days I've been so rushed that I haven't been able to do my normal quality control uh, type things once I upload uh, the, the podcast to make sure that they were all good to go but um, kind of all over the place going in a million directions trying to keep this podcast going trying to keep my uh, get my business in line and so let me uh, let me get it figured out give me some uh, give me some time give me some any feedback you have and I will take it and uh, into consideration not sure that I will run with every single thing everyone suggests because if I do that I would be all over the place running in a different direction every single day and I've got to trust my inner barometer my inner barometer says I have a good product I just need to figure out the 
merchandising and or marketing aspect of it. And so that's what I'm going to focus on. So I'm going to focus on the liquid nitrogen aspect. People are fascinated by it, but they need to see it in order to know what it is and what's going on. So maybe if I can do the universal draw of ice cream, even apart from people knowing that it's liquid nitrogen ice cream, then I will be able to draw more people in. So I'm going to test it. Because I think testing it is a great way to know whether I need to make the investment in changing my signage and doing what I need to do uh, to get that product to Mallory Square. So thank you for listening. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. I hope that in some ways you're able to learn some lessons from me because I'm certainly not meaning to just dump on you um, for uh, support or anything like that. But I wanted you to know truly, realistically where I am. And if you're going to embark on a business or if you have a business, you've probably been where I am. And if you're starting a business, you're going to be where I am. So uh, the whole thing is this is the point in time where we push through anyway and don't let our emotions take over and don't let our emotions cause us to make decisions that are not going to benefit us in the long run. So thanks so much for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter podcast. My name is Christy and I'll keep you posted on uh, future episodes of what exactly is going on with my business, Cryopop. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So, whenever you have the opportunity, choose local.